All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we are back uh, smack dab in the middle of our uh, new Spider-Man series. Uh, we have been going through, our plan is to get a decent chunk of the way through Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, reading through several arcs of this. We're probably going to make it around to issue 40 or 50, I think. Yeah. And uh, while, while we're going through and going through that, we're going to be watching the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy alongside it. Uh, so at the end of every episode, we're going to be talking about one of those movies. Go back last week where we talked about the, uh, the Spider-Man one with Willem Dafoe and the Green Goblin. <clears throat> um, we did miss an opportunity. Uh, I, I got uh, some flack on Twitter from Dan about this. We should have had him on for that episode because he is the biggest Green Goblin fan. We had him back oh, on man. for our Suicide Squad episode last year. Uh, so yeah, we totally. I, I made him a promise. I'm going to make it up to him. He's going to join us for our uh, disc- our fa- finale of the Spider-Man oh, series yeah. where we talk about Far From Home. Nice, hell yeah. Or not Far From Home. No way home. Yeah, no all way the home. way home. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere around the home. Somewhere all around the home. Cleaning up around the home is what God. it's called. <laughs> uh, but he's going to join us for for that episode. So hell that yeah, awesome. We can get the full gamut of uh, Green Goblin opinions from the expert. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. And Willem Dafoe actually appears briefly in the movie we'll talk about today as well. I, yeah. I, I, did, I forgot that he was in this movie. I did too. For one scene, yeah. Because I was doing like an IMDb dive when we first started this, and he's credited for one, two, and three, so he must yeah. have a small cameo in three also. That, that, that makes sense about. to me, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he's in all of them, and he's going to be in uh, No Way Home. There's a TV spot which finally showed his face in the trailer, so yeah. he's 100% like in it, in it. Did you real. see that interview with like him, Molina, and uh, I forgot who the third was? Uh, Jamie Foxx, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Mm. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It was pretty funny. It was just Willem Dafoe talking about like coming back as Green Goblin, like why he did it, and he's like going on this tangent about like exploring the character again in like new areas, and then Alfred Molina's just like, oh, I just did it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just like bust laughing. <laughs> I think Alfred Molina's been on record like saying that exact quote like, oh, yeah. for years. He's, he's, like, he's, he's the fucking man. He's like, I'm a bit of a slut. I'll do anything. <laughs> Dude, I had a crazy revelation the other day. Uh, so you've seen Boogie Nights, obviously. Oh, yeah. The drug dealer scene. At oh the yeah, end, that's him. That's Alfred Molina. Yep. I never, Absolutely. I, that never clicked for me. He's in uh, several Paul Thomas Anderson movies, actually. That's he's crazy. also in Magnolia. Oh, that's wait, is he the? Um, I think he's one of the game show people, but I could be wrong. I, I think so. Um, but I know he's in that movie just because I remember from the credits. Crazy. Um, so yeah, well, uh, ho- hopefully he's in. Um, uh, what's that new Paul Thomas Anderson movie called? Licorice. Oh, Pizza? Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited for this. Maybe he'll be in that. We'll I see. have too. I've heard good Playing things Doc already. Ock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where he'll show Licorice up? Licorice on your pizza, Spider Man. <laughs> that's not allowed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the plan for today is to read uh, Ultimate Spider Man issues four. 14 through, uh, I forget exactly where, but pretty much right, uh, pretty much the Doc Ock story and the yeah. return of Green Goblin story yep. um, is what we're going to be talking about today. And then uh, at the end of the episode, uh, towards the end of the episode, we'll share our thoughts on Spider-Man 2 with uh, Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire and uh, Alfred Molina, yep. previously mentioned. Very, <laughs> very good movie that we enjoyed on the rewatch. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that probably goes without saying, but sometimes you don't know. Sometimes these old movies, you remember them very fondly, and then you go back and watch them, and you're like, that that wasn't what I remembered. Yeah, I, there's a couple things I kind of uh, blanked from Spider-Man 2 that I wasn't like extremely hot on, but we'll get it's into that. It's not a perfect movie. Oh, definitely like, not. Definitely not that, but <laughs> it's got some moments. Definitely holds up. 
Um, so yeah, that's our plan. And then next week we're going to finish out, or not finish, but we're going to get a little bit farther in Ultimate Spider-Man because we don't want to finish get Ultimate Spider-Man. Stuff, probably. Yeah. Because, I mean, A, it's like an over 100 issue run. We're yeah. not going to finish that. Yep. And B, the second half of the run, in my opinion, you can, you know, you can point your swords at me, whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> uh, it's not very, it's not my favorite because okay. it gets very bogged down in Ultimate Universe nonsense. Gotcha. Like Spider-Man teams up with Ultimate Daredevil. He teams oh. up with the X-Men. He teams gotcha. up with Ultimate Avengers. I'm like, this is not starts what I'm here for. Starts getting Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it starts really feeling like an Alternate Universe book with all these characters you do not enjoy. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to push the brand. Yeah, because I like Ultimate Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I don't want to hear about these other characters I don't care about. <laughs> I don't want them in my in the story. Yeah, give, give them their own books. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it, I would love to maybe, maybe what we could do is we could pick up again at uh, Death of Ultimate Spider-Man or maybe even just right at uh, where it relaunches with Miles. Yeah. Maybe that's something. Oh, we, yeah. We could do that. Because maybe that's something we could do when. Uh, For No Way Home. Well, n- even better than that, Spider-Verse 2 comes out. Oh, An true, actual yeah. Miles movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's true because we got the trailer for that movie as well, which is funny because it instantly pretty much just like pushed uh, far from home or around. Oh the yeah, home, everyone just forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like cleaning up around the home. Forget that movie. I'm all about Spider Verse. Right. Yeah. E- even with like tell. a one second trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like a minute. Oh, true. It was, it, was, it was longer than that. I guess uh, that's almost how I prefer trailers to be. Is give us a scene. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because that felt more like a, a teaser, like a, that was worth kind of like gave me a little bit of the premise, and then we get a little taste of Oscar Isaac as. Uh, 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 Miguel, yeah, Spider Man twenty ninety nine looks yep. awesome. So uh, that'll be very yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm kind of I used to be all about trailers and like learning everything early on, but I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm. I want to see like less and less about what it's about. Like, yeah. Pr- like recently, like I watched the first Matrix trailer, and I know like I think two more have come out, and I've just avoided them. I'm just like I have zero yeah. idea what that movie is going to be about, and I kind of like that I'm just going to go in blind. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's a movie where I like kind of know a little bit about it already. Yeah, I don't want to see a trailer. Exactly. Like if it's something that's just like completely that I've never heard of, you know, some weird story that I have no idea what to expect. Maybe then I'll, I want to see a trailer just to yeah, get yeah. what the vibes are. Yep. But for something like. Spider-Man or like any or like Matrix or things where I like I kind of know what I'm getting. Yeah, I'd rather just go in blind. Well, and not to mention nowadays, especially there are so many trailers that have scenes in them that aren't even in the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or like dialogue or lines that are, don't even show up in the actual movie. And it's like, why did we see that? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like all the Avengers like kissing each other be like, where was that scene? <laughs> <laughs> did make the final cut. I saw a trailer of them all making out. <laughs> there will be no horny in Marvel. What are you talking about? Yeah, remember when like the fact that there was a sex scene in the Eternals was like news? They thought that was like groundbreaking. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. God. Was there a titty in the in the Eternals? <laughs> the MCU won't be real Poisoning until they hang our dong. children. <laughs> they will not see titty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be titty in uh in, in around the home. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Willem Dafoe will hang dong again. <laughs> <laughs> right though, wouldn't be the first. <laughs> oh man, it would be Willem Dafoe to do it <laughs> to break the barrier. Oh god. But anyway, that will bring us to, with that fantastic segue, to the book we're covering for today. This is a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> From Green Goblin Schlong straight to <laughs> Spider-Man number 14. Yep. Um, we're going to be continuing our discussion of this book. Um, again, the creative team on here, uh, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Mark Bagley, who I did double check, does this entire Spider-Man run. Like... All 100 and, and more issues. Shit. Yep. 
That is a fucking paycheck. Absolutely remarkable. There's not even a fill-in artist. That's crazy. There's not even a fill-in artist on a single issue. Damn. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I looked that up, I was like, how? <laughs> like, that could never happen again. And like, were there any breaks in this, or did it just go? I don't know for sure, but it was pretty regular. Like, there's a okay. hundred issues. Like, that would have taken years if it yeah, wasn't that's, regular. That's yeah, that's like over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Crazy. So uh, inks by uh, Art Thibbert, colors by uh, Transparency, Transparency Digital Colors. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and is that what? an alias or like a company? Yeah. My name is Transparency Digital <laughs> Colors. I'm a coloring android. <laughs> uh, and then letters by uh, Dave Sharp with his sharp letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we left off in Ultimate Spider-Man, we basically got the uh, Spider-Man origin, uh, very recognizable from anyone who's seen the first Spider-Man movie. If you haven't read the book anyway, I'm just trying to give you a way to visualize it. Yeah. Um, he had fought the Green Goblin who attacked the school and fought him off. He thinks Green Goblin's gone. Um, and then uh, Dr. Octavius had uh, basically been presumed dead in an explosion at Oscorp. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what happened to him, and that's pretty much right where we're leaving off. Mm-hmm. The most recent issue I think we had was that uh, full issue that we both really liked of just like it's pretty much an entire issue of Peter Parker and Mary Jane like in their room like talking about him being Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good issue where like, in one setting which is the whole issue is one conversation which is crazy to me. Yeah, it is. Because you get to the end and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it flows. Like that was 22 pages? Holy crap. Yeah. Um, But then that's right where we pick up. So Mary Jane knows that he's Spider-Man which is a relief because it gives him someone to talk to about it. Yep. Um, And then uh, we're on the bridge of of the uh, Dr. Octavius story. Um, where it begins, uh, it's a scene that I, th- I think Raimi took this one straight out of the comics as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, where Doc Ock is basically in his recovery bed, and, you know, sh- with all the arms kind of like dangling off the bed mm-hmm. uh, and a blindfold on. And it's it's a little bit grosser in the comic. I like the look of it. Oh, yeah. Because it very much looks like this like metal, like the metal of his arms has been like melted into his body. Yeah, like shows his chest and it's just like the metal's wrapped around him with like some skin overlapping. Yeah, it. there's like gooey like scar tissue that like overlaps onto the metal it's very it's It's not a great sight it's a very metal look (laughs) um and yeah he's just blindfolded and there's a good like page where it's like why did you call me doc ock yeah (laughs) um this is also the arc where we get introduced to gwen stacy um who i i like her role in this book um because she's a very uh three-dimensional character who adds uh kind of like a lot of drama to the book in a good way oh yeah um she the the take and What's weird about Gwen Stacy is literally every version of her is almost a completely different character. Oh, yeah. Because, I've noticed that. Well, the problem is that the original Gwen Stacy, like the one from classic Spider-Man, uh, did not exist for that long okay. before she died. Okay. Like her, that's why she's mainly known for dying. dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anytime they try to bring her back or do a new take on Gwen, it's always some writer like trying to put a character onto this name gotcha because there's nothing there to really build off of. yeah yeah so that's why like you know when you read spider gwen you'll get like a different version of gwen stacy than you'll get when you read this book okay like granted this is ultimate universe it was always going to be a little different yeah. but that's why there's no consistent <laughs> vision of this character gotcha um, that makes sense so it's kind of like a blank slate for a writer to do whatever they want with basically yeah um so in this she's kind of like the uh the rebel punk of the high school mm. you know she like brings a switchblade to school uh she's always you know like uh she does have like a soft spot like she does it to like defend peter like against but yeah no like the first big interaction or like she has with everyone is after peter gets like kicked for trying to 
show that he might be Spider-Man. She just like pulls a <laughs> knife on dude. It's just like, if you ever do that again, I'll cut you. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they uh, one of the kids at school is starting to figure out that Peter might be Spider-Man. Yeah. So he's trying to prove it to his friends. He's like, watch, if I try to kick him, he'll like dodge out of the way. Yeah. And so Peter has to be like, oh, here nah, we go. Fuck, I can't yeah. do it. And just let himself get kicked over by this kid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Gwen Stacy steps in like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, just knifes a dude. And, like, that's a really intense response. He wasn't technically bullying Peter. Yeah, he just kind of kicked it. It's but... more of just like, ha, see, you'll dodge this. It yeah. wasn't like, you punk, I'm going to kick you over because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. But obviously she's new. She doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. And it's not a nice thing to do either. Yeah, but, like, that's something you'd get arrested for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But her dad turns out to be a murder detective. Yeah, because that's the thing is, uh, well, that's the character that is always consistent is Captain Stacy. Okay. He's always the police, uh, the chief of police. Gotcha. Um, which gives us a tie into a lot, a lot of Spider-Man stuff, obviously. Yeah, as soon as they introduced him i was like there's no way this character's living past an arc yeah really <laughs> um but i like that dynamic because then it kind of brings the high school story to a closer connection to uh both of peter's other lives yeah which is uh his life at the bugle uh and his life as spider-man mm -hmm. because there's a lot of parts where like ben urich at the bugle will, will be talking to captain stacy about yeah. a lead that has to do with the story we're dealing with so it's a very cool like all the characters are starting to get connected because of gwen stacy and her dad yeah exactly so it's a kind of cool little connect the dots thing um but what i was saying before with doc ock is this uh first issue has a scene like very close to the comics where like he wakes up from the hospital bed and just like starts attacking everybody with the yeah. arms. Uh, it's it's very good. Um, this version of Doc Ock definitely has a much more. Uh, his motivations are definitely different from the movie. I don't know which I prefer. This one is definitely much simpler. Yeah, it's just kind of you turn me into this now. I'll kill you. And he was already kind of like morally ambiguous before this even happened. That's he true. was just kind of like he literally just like stuck a needle in peter's arm to draw his blood like on like uh that's a good point we didn't talk about that last week but yeah because yeah, norman wanted to get peter's blood so doc ock is like sure man i'll stab this kid yeah <laughs> just like hey real quick here <laughs> so so you're right that does take away one really good dynamic that we get from the other version of yeah. doc ock in the movie is that that version like you got to see him as octavius like as a very interesting kind of like role model in peter's yeah, like, life good intentions for a very brief scene too yeah like instantly he was like giving peter life advice but right. also like being a really good science <laughs> it bro. is it is kind of fun how like he instantly just becomes his like fake son like instantly he's like i love this kid and it's just like dude you've had like an hour conversation right but like you gotta roll uh, it peter's along. doing better than norman osborne at least <laughs> right Peter's just got a thing for like having like uh like smart like successful men while having one right. of their dad just make sure that doc doc invites you over for thanksgiving that you're not bleeding from one of your arms <laughs> yeah can't get caught uh but yeah this version of doc Ock is pretty much just going to have a pointed obsession with getting revenge on whoever turned him into this yep which is going to basically put him against like the people in charge of uh, Oscorp as well as we'll meet uh, Justin Hammer as well who plays a role in this book as well yeah um, Justin Hammer is typically from Iron Man fame he's like the uh, Tony Stark's like you know tech rival but always like bumbling through and like way like 20 steps behind him yeah so his role in this book fit fits pretty well oh my god another great horror scene too is this opening of issue 15 where um it's just like uh, this, like a girl like working out in her home, and you just hear like a crash. Yeah, like downstairs. Like, well, I think it turns out to be that was Norman o or that was Doc Ock's home, but then it got like sold because everyone like thought he was missing and dead. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, so it's just like the, the w poor girl who lives there now, and it's yeah. just this great horror scene <laughs> of she's just working out on the phone, and all of a sudden she hears a crash. She's like. Uh, who's there? And then you don't even see Doc Ock. You just see like the the shadow of the arms moving up the stairs, like yeah. her face, like zoom in horror style. Like, <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry, the realtor didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's a very good scene. Oh yeah. Um, but this is where it gets interesting because like when that in that crime scene with Doc Ock going to his old house, that's where Captain Stacy gets brought in, like on the investigation of the trail of these murders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it starts to tie that in as well. Uh, there's also a really good Spider-Man uh, J. Jonah Jameson moment in this issue as well. Where uh, Spider-Man like comes face to face with him uh, outside the front of the Daily Bugle, and he's like, "Listen, Jonah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set it for you straight one time now that we're finally meeting." And Jonah's like just listening. He's like, "I have one thing to say to you. I love your newspaper. It's hysterical." <laughs> then jumps away. <laughs> great, great Spider-Man uh, Jonah moment right there. Oh, definitely. Because because uh, Jonah's like, I thought he was gonna kill me. And, like someone's <laughs> like, maybe he's not the menace you thought he was. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's not possible. <clears throat> what this also introduces us to is. Un- Craven? Uh, ben- Bendis' take on Craven, yeah. Um, I-, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of funny. It- it's funny. But there's a lot of page space dedicated to this character who ends Too up much. just kind of being a joke. Yeah, it literally... I thought it would be a little bit more climactic than what it ended up being, but it's... It's literally a it's scene. It's just a punchline. Yeah. He's just here to be a punchline. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that in a vacuum. But literally, there's like... It goes four, through this whole arc. There's like four issues with with Craven and like pages and pages of yeah. him like ha- having dialogue and back and forth with like the people around him about his TV show. That yep. is so much. It's like, I must learn about Spider-Man. I will become the ultimate hunter. And then at the end, it just gets bodied. On the reread, <laughs> it feels like such a waste of time. Like, it's I'll be, such I a waste. I past a lot of it because I'm like, I remember this not mattering. <laughs> Dude, I was expecting it to have... Some kind of like, uh, like something there, not just like one fight that ends in a second. Oh, I and know. then like it would carry on to something else, but it's literally nothing. Again, yeah, it's one of my major complaints about this run, and it's not because I'm a huge Craven, you no. know, fanatic. Yeah, I and, couldn't care less. And you, I wanted him to be badass. I don't need him to be badass. He's a goofy character, and you can do a haha look at him kind of take yeah. on it. It's fine. Yeah. That's a one issue kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, two at tops. Two, two at tops. That's pushing <laughs> it for me. One, and then it's the big punchline at the end. That was funny. Ha yeah. That was my $4. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's way too much for what we get. So spoiler alert, he finally gets to fight Spider-Man, and Spider-Man one hits him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After like he's beaten down by Doc Ock, like, he's at like half strength. Yeah, because it's a funny moment because it's like he, it's the big climactic fight with Doc Ock and he beats him. Yeah. And then like as soon as he does, that's where Craven walks out and like you at first, you're like, oh, this might actually be something. Yeah, he's like, shit, he is down bad. Because this is bad timing. Like, Spider-Man's beat up. He's hurt. Now yep. he's caught. He can't walk out of it now, either. Yeah. Like, he can't just not show up. Yeah. Because Craven found him. And then it's just one, two. Oh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> what was all of that for? Why? Why? Yeah, it's hysterical. It's like Bendis thought he had to use Craven the Hunter in some kind of way. And yep. then just, like came up with the ending at the end yep <laughs> he started writing he's like oh this will be funny oh, oh wait, yeah i have no plans for this character he's gone haha <laughs> <laughs> so like once you're past it it's whatever but yeah, yeah it didn't need to be there definitely not um we do get i love the uh the scenes between uh gwen and her dad as well like because she's at the police station like and it's funny because uh he's the police commissioner so he's constantly getting calls from like ben urich mm-hmm. like urgent things about doc ock you know like plot that like as a reader you really want him to pick up those calls and be like yeah. what's going on i need to know yeah but there's also this other scene going on of him like you know his his daughter pulled a knife at school so he has to like talk to her about this which yeah. is obviously way like also very important yep so it's, i love that dynamic of it's like you want to handle this real life shit that we as readers know is quote unquote the plot but yeah. also like you can't just <laughs> cut this away either yep so I, I love that dynamic of like home and work life that they pull here i think that what that's what makes this a really good spider-man book i think that's what's missing from a lot of spider-man stories is that kind of like 
don't forget these are kids and who have like exactly. high school drama, you know, yeah. and like with their pa- like they argue with their parents, they do all this dumb shit, which also complicates the like overarching, you know, plot with stakes. Yeah, and then it also adds a lot of weight to what's gonna happen later with those characters. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> so I think those those are, re- are really good scenes that help uh, add to this a lot. Yep. Um, a tough <laughs> a tough part with this as well, and this I actually. We, I talk a lot about it in these last two episodes about how I don't like the ultimate versions of a lot of characters. Like, I, I love the ultimate versions of most of the characters in Spider-Man, but outside of that, I don't really like them. Yeah. Like, the, their takes on those characters. Yeah. The exception to that, though, I think is Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah, I definitely. think they are fantastic <laughs> in the Ultimate Universe. Absolutely. Because they're, they're actually written how I would imagine, like, a secret U.S. government like superhero branch to operate yeah like this is what i would expect yeah the most secretive organization in the world yeah because in the main comics they want you know nick fury and maria hill to be like good guys who team up with captain america yeah and you know iron man's gonna be like i got your back nick it's here to save the day yeah and so like they really want to play that up in the comics and they're too far gone to go back on that yeah so when the ultimate universe they really got to pull the whole like evil cia thing yeah men in black yeah yeah exactly that's perfect where like you get nick fury going to like uh 16-year-old Spider-Man telling him, when you turn 18, you're my soldier. Yeah. Like, that's intense. <laughs> like, no beating around the bush. Like, you will become my soldier, and you'll die for me if I tell you to. Yeah, like, don't worry about, like, if we're watching you or not. Like, just know we are. Yep. It's like, yeah, that's that's a great feeling. Yeah, and, like, he literally has a secret agent pose as the guidance counselor, so yep. that way Nick Fury can go in and talk to Peter. Yeah. Be like, listen, I know you're fighting Doc Ock. Uh, oh, no, sorry, that's the Green Goblin story. I'm yeah, yeah. Up. Well, let's finish the Doc Ock one before I get to that scene, then, because yep. that's very good. Um, I guess we kind of did, because Doc Ock, it, the story's not very complicated. It is fun to read, but it's basically him going after Justin Hammer and the yeah. people who uh responsible. He wants revenge. Exactly, yeah. and and, and he, he goes after them, and Spider-Man beats him up, and then Craven goes after him. It's a very fun story, but it is it very is. simple. Yeah, exactly. And, okay, how Justin Hammer's dialogue might be the most annoying to read, because oh, like, it's written in like a Brooklyn accent or like a Queens accent. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be that or like Texas. Like you might be right, but might have been might have been supposed it's to something be something like, weird. Yeah. yeah, I was reading it in like a Texas accent. I mean, either way, it was really annoying. <laughs> it was. It's I, like it's a chore to read. That's a that's a good question actually, because I think comics readers are on the fence about this. It's like a subs or dubs kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think that accents should be phonetically put into the text bubbles? Because without <sighs> them, a lot of readers just won't read it in an accent. No, but with them, it becomes. Hard sometimes. Exactly, because uh, some the way that some accents, quote unquote, are spelled are like not intuitive or like or not what like some people would correlate with. Right. And, like you 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 don't like if, if I'm reading like um uh like a good example of it is uh preacher with uh, the yep. way that Cassidy talks in an Irish accent. Yep. Whenever it's written like that, I can very clearly read and understand what it's going for, but I think that's because Garth Ennis understands an Irish accent very well. And he's also um wait, is Garth Ennis American? No, he's not. Okay. Yeah. Wait, is Garth Ennis Irish or Scottish? Uh, I don't know, but I believe he's from that island. <laughs> okay, but speaking of which, yeah, cuz with Grant Morrison too, when they write some like Scottish accents, it's because it's a lot of dialect or like uh yeah or like uh, sayings that aren't really familiar here, so you don't really understand a lot of like the like nuances of some of the stuff. Um, but, but yeah, it, no, I I kind of I lean either way. Like I, it doesn't. It's definitely about how it's done. Yeah, for sure. If but, it's over, it can definitely be done like overbearing. There's got to be a point where the letterer stops in and be like, "No, we got to fix this." <laughs> no one can tell what the hell Moira McTaggart is saying, Chris Claremont. <laughs> no, yeah, no. You want to know the best example of that? Go back and read classic, like the first like. 
10 or 20 issues of Chris Claremont X-Men. Okay. Because Moira McTaggart speaks in the thickest Scottish <laughs> accent, and Chris Claremont cannot help himself but putting uh, his own take on what a Scottish accent sounds like. Okay. So it is uncomprehensible. Good lord. Like it's, there's a really good panel of Moira running out with a machine gun, being like, I'm the bit, the bit, nope, the bit, the What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, now you're saying that, I've definitely seen screenshots of like panels from that. It's so funny. So oh, you man. can do it bad and worse. Like they do it with Rogue a lot too. But I think the best way to do it is just like have a character say like, oh, I didn't know you had a, a southern accent. Just have them say it once. Yep. And then I'll do the rest of the Yeah, book. it can just click. I'll, I'll read Rogue's dialogue in a southern accent. Yeah. Trust me, I'll do it. Yep. And if not, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it going to hurt? But anyway, small little sidebar because I always think that's interesting because yeah. I personally don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go either way. But it has to be done perfectly. Oh, yeah. Because readability is always number one. Yeah. It's the same thing whenever they try to do like fancy cursive. Oh, yeah. Like in a comic book? Yeah. Yeah, it looks fancy. Don't get me wrong. You're pulling off the old-timey look. Yeah. I can't read a fucking word you're telling to me right now, and that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> especially for people younger than us. They probably even have a harder time with yeah, it. Yeah, I learned cursive, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. That was a waste of time. But there's also but like anyway. there's also a, a dozen different forms of cursive that all look fucking weird. Yeah, so. and it's usually like the computer font version exactly, of it, too. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, yeah. No. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's the uh, the end of the Doc Ock story. One thing I do want to call out, too, is I'm very happy uh, Bendis and Bagley gave him the classic Doc Ock costume. Oh, the green? They, they could have updated it, but they didn't, and I respect that. Yeah, the green and chrome looks awesome. <laughs> oh, the, the uh, final twist we leave with Doc Ock, too, because this is not the last Doc Ock story. I'll tell you that. I mean, I can spoil that much. Figured that, But yeah. the cool twist we get at the end is he does remember that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. He's like yep. in solitary confinement, and he's like, Parker, Parker, Spider-Man is Parker. Yeah. Um, so that's the twist we get. So now Green Goblin and Doc Ock know who he is. So that's bad news. Which will bring us to my segue, which is one of my favorite stories in Ultimate Spider-Man, the return of Green Goblin. Yep. Yeah, this one is really fucking good. Oh, yeah. Because this one is like, the tension is like palpable throughout the whole thing, because you never know when things are going to pop off. Yeah. And even then, they pop off way sooner than you thought they were going to. Oh, yeah. It's top tier uh, Norman Osborn. Too. Oh, absolutely. Because that was the one disappointment with that first arc is like, yep. Norman Osborn's a great villain even as himself. Yeah. And obviously, Green Goblin is just another way he can flip that villainy. Yeah. But like the first one was all Green Goblin, very little Norman. Yep. This is the opposite. We get a ton of Norman here. And like a Green Goblin that's more. The Green Goblin who is Norman, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. So it's like not a monster anymore. It's Norman making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah, which also coincides with the return of Harry, who Norman has been basically just like mk altering and oh, like forgetting much. all his trauma yeah no that's <laughs> fucked up because yeah. harry returns and like oh harry it's been so long like we're happy you're back are you like feeling better i know things were fucked up in your life like i hope you know that you've resolved some of that yeah it's like oh of course i have i mean my dad's fine he's home he's chilling <laughs> we're having a great time yeah i'm not really asking <laughs> questions about anything but dad, we're great <laughs> didn't you tell me he murdered your mom <laughs> <laughs> nah 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 i mean i thought that but it turns out it's fine you know? <laughs> he probably didn't do it anyway yeah i, I was just imagining things <laughs> so, yeah it's pretty much uh, Norman has been literally drugging his son to like yep. try to alter his memories and get him to love him again. Yeah, he's got like an on or like a live-in psychiatrist like administering drugs and like uh, like hypnosis basically. Yeah. And, and at one point, even the doctor's like, uh, I, "Are you sure we should be doing this?" And he's just <laughs> like, "You shut the hell up! I'll green goblin your ass." What? <laughs> I mean, nothing. Keep working. <laughs> Here's more money. <laughs> um, and so like it starts out really good because the second Peter learns this, he's like. Uh, wait a minute. If if 
Norman is back. I need to get on this right away because yeah. he knows who I am. I can't yep. let this simmer for even a moment. Yeah. And so, like, but the second he gets home, it's already too late because when he gets home, uh, Aunt May is there with like a chauffeur driver with like a limo. Yeah. And uh, and Aunt May's like, oh, uh, didn't you hear? Harry and, and Norman are back. Like, they uh, had a limo. Like, they want to like uh, show you around the new place and like have you come stay and like uh, go ahead. <laughs> and Peter's like, I know, I, I know you're grounded, but go in the limo. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like uh, I'd rather just be grounded. Is that okay? No. <laughs> Get in the limo. It's fine. <laughs> Go with these strange rich people. And even later, like Peter like tells her, she's like, Norman Osborne's a bad dude. I did not want to go there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you just sent me like into the lion's den. Yeah, pretty much. And so it's a really, really good scene where it's like he's in this limo just like shaking. He's like, does he not remember? Like, yeah. what's going on? Am I about to be killed? Like, maybe when he got knocked in the river, like he forgot everything. Maybe it's fine. He has yeah. no idea. We'll be fine. And so like, it's it's a really good page of him, uh, and there's a good page too of like uh, him driving through like on the Brooklyn Bridge, and he looks up and he sees uh, like a, a a shawl, like a Green Goblin's costume, like yep. on the bridge, and he like shakes his head and looks up again, and it's gone. So he's yep. like seeing things. He's yeah, like, already got trauma. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he gets to the top floor and uh, he gets to see Norman that's like by himself. Like Harry's not there. It's just Norman. Yeah. And like, Norman, like, oh, I hope you got it out of your system. Yep. <laughs> oh, he doesn't beat around the bush at all. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be this thing where he's like, Peter, how you doing? And make him wonder if he knows or yeah, not. But don't do this whole nuance bit. Sets the record straight immediately. He's like, Peter, I hope you're done being a superhero. That really <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> you know, I own you, right? Yeah. He says, that. he's like, you know, I'm responsible for your powers. Like, that's all my money. I own you. Yeah. You're my property. And I don't want you running around being a good guy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, by the way, and if you do, I'm going to kill Aunt May. Oh, and probably Mary Jane, too. Why not? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's intense immediately. And then yep. he, he turns right into Green Goblin, just right there. Yeah. He's like, oh, by the way, I, up I updated the serum and then just shoots him in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> what's hilarious too is he does that just to show him he can become green goblin yeah but that also ruins all of his clothes so when he comes back he's butt ass <laughs> naked yeah. it's like dude why did you just take your shirt off or something yeah why didn't you have clothes ready what's going on wear some sweatpants and he puts on a robe right away like he's not walking around naked but it's still he goes back to dinner and harry's like what's with the robe dad he's <laughs> <laughs> like oh i was in the sauna <laughs> what the fuck is going on dad <laughs> yeah he's a very creepy man <laughs> But yeah, it definitely comes off as like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm Green Goblin. <laughs> I'll hang dong wherever. This is my <laughs> I home. Was right. I was right. Willem Dafoe will hang dong. They're going to take the scene. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi, is, if he's still dedicated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this whole it, it's this whole moment of him like having to sit at Harry's house, just like choking on the tension. Like, he can't say anything. Yep. And when he gets back home to like to uh, to Aunt May, he's like almost in tears and like a, a sweat. And Aunt May's like, what the fuck happened? And he's like... Norman Osborn's not a good guy. Don't let me go there again. <laughs> yeah, never. Um, and this also introduces more of like where Gwen will come in because Gwen uh, comes from an abusive home. And so she gets basically kicked out of her house and she has nowhere to go. So she runs to Peter Parker's house and like tries to sneak in. She's like, I literally have nowhere to sleep. Can mm -hmm. I stay here? Yeah. And like he goes right to Aunt May and he's like, Gwen just showed up. Like, can we help her? And Aunt May is like, ultimate like you know perfect like you know yeah. hospitality like, of course <laughs> i'll make breakfast yep and let's gwen stay there as long as she needs because aunt may is perfect <laughs> yeah oh yeah um, it does also create this very high school drama uh, triangle where, yeah. where Mary Jane's like, what's going on? You won't talk to me, but Gwen can stay at your house? Yeah. Which, it, it's fine because it's very believable. Like, it is. That's how high school kids would totally be. It's like, yeah. no, like she needs a place to sleep. Oh, really? That's a likely reason. Oh, and it's only your house. <laughs> oh, she needs three meals a day. Boo-hoo. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, but this is where we get that scene I wanted to talk about earlier where uh, Nick Fury comes in. Yeah. Because Nick Fury uh, has one of his S.H.I.E.L.D. agents pose as a guidance counselor, which is just way, way overboard and hilarious. Yeah. And he comes in as like a force ghost, pretty much, to talk to Peter. Yeah, he's just been like camouflaged and invisible, like standing in the corner like, oh, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Your high school is pretty, uh, pretty shitty. Yeah, uh, and he walks in and he's like, uh, "Hey, just so you know, uh, Shield as an organization is extremely aware that Norman Osborn is a supervillain, <laughs> yeah. and he needs to be stopped by whatever means possible." And Peter's like, "Oh my God, thank you! Holy shit! <laughs> I felt like it was me against the world. I'm a kid. I've been fighting all these battles. I was wondering why no one came to help me." <laughs> and Nick Fury's like. Oh, you misunderstand. We're not here to help you. No, yeah. So, We're no, just no, no, telling no. you, you got to do it. <laughs> We're telling you it's your job to beat this guy, so please do it for oh, us. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you're at least going to be able to, like, protect Aunt May and Mary Jane, right? Oh, uh, but we'll try our best. Yeah, well, yeah. I think what he says is like, well, if we do that, that's us acting on the uh, the intelligence that we have, and you know, as agents, we're not allowed to act on U.S. soil. Thank the laws for that one. Yeah, it's like, you what the fuck? And on all the information that you gave us, you kind of obtained illegally, so we can't exactly use that. <laughs> oh, so you can use illegal information when it suits you, but not when it saves lives on my side. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. So I literally, I love this version of Nick Fury. It, yeah, this is how Nick Fury should be all the time. It's very very well done this is fantastic yep <laughs> we're just like listen here kid you're part of the government now <laughs> yeah that, there's just a lot of cool interactions with that like even later on there's a, a cool scene where like peter is actually tailing nick fury and nick fury's like you managed to tail like the head of one of like the most secretive organizations ever made like i'm actually impressed yeah <laughs> it's a really good dynamic i enjoyed a lot yeah for sure um, this arc ends up escalating very quickly because Green Goblin, uh, it's kind of like uh, the scene in uh, the rooftop. Sp- yeah. 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 The rooftop scene where Green Goblin goes to Spider-Man. He's like, we could rule this city. Yeah. What do you say, Parker? <laughs> and Peter's like, nah, I don't think so. Like, I'm going to stop you, Gobby. Yeah. And he's like, all right. And he goes and instantly snatches up Mary Jane. He's like, yeah. now this is happening. <laughs> um and, and and the, the you know the stakes get raised immediately. Oh yeah, because um, it pretty much brings it to the situation where Green Goblin has uh, Mary Jane on a rooftop like King Kong, and uh, Peter's trying to like help her, and the Shield agents show up, making things even worse. Uh, oh, one thing I want to call out too with that rooftop scene. Now that I'm flipping through the next issue, they do a really cool thing where that that rooftop scene where Peter's talking to Green Goblin. You get that in one issue uh, from Peter's perspective, obviously. Almost everything is. Um, But then the next issue opens up saying 20 minutes ago. And you get that whole scene again, but from uh, Norman's perspective. And like, there's all these like bubbles in his head, like uh, of voices, like talking, telling him to do things, like these impulses that he's getting from the serum. Yep. Um, And and you get that, that. cut and paste that conversation but you get the context of why he's saying what he what he says yeah because there's a couple things in that conversation that he says that almost sound like nonsense you're like, oh yeah what? yeah it's madness but then when you get to this part you're like oh he's responding to that voice yeah oh that's cool <laughs> yeah um so it's a really good dynamic i green goblin i don't love his design in ultimate spider-man but the character perfect i kind of dig the design it's more that's fair. yeah yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know what I want from a Green Goblin design. I have no I idea either. what I want. Because I, I could go this style or like, and I'm fine with glider and suit style too. Like it, it really mm-hmm. can go either way. See, because the Power Rangers look, I don't know if that's what I necessarily want either. I don't know where I stand because the cla- this is closer to the the classic comics yeah. than, it, than it is the Raimi. Yeah. Because classic comics, he very much is like a twisted a goblin. little goblin yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, He's not as swole, is he? Yeah, he's not a fucking <laughs> jacked, like, like titan. Yeah, which is fine. That's that's not my problem with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think he looks a little too... Uh, Impending. 
not necessarily that. I think he just looks a little too like clean cut. He looks like an orc almost. Yeah. Like, he doesn't oh, yeah, look like true. twisted and like goblin. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Like he should look a little more fucked up in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. Um, but th- that's a minor complaint. Yep. Um, but yeah, it turns out with that uh, shield pretty much blows everything because he's yeah. Peter. <laughs> Peter's up there trying to rescue Mary Jane, and then that's when the shield helicopter yeah, the show Black up. Hawk swoops in. Yeah. And oh my god, because oh, all of a sudden Nick Fury says he'll never help me except he's gonna show up at the worst time. Yep. Because Green Goblin's like, oh, you brought help. Fine, she's dead. <laughs> Tosses Mary Jane off the bridge. Yep. And then the, the Blackhawks start firing at Green Goblin. He's like, fine, I can take it. <laughs> Parker's like, what the fuck, guys? And he has to dive after Mary Jane barely saves her life. Yeah, you get life. your classic dive. Yeah. Oh, and this scene, uh, I can't imagine if I was reading this live because this is actually incredibly cleverly done reading it back. The way they pulled this off, they very clearly wanted this to be a fake Mary Jane death at the end of the issue. Oh, yeah. Because the way they kill her is almost panel for panel the way that Gwen Stacy dies in the original comics. Oh, really? So I, I'm pretty I, I'm pretty sure Bendis on purpose was laying it out there, making people plan. think that that he was doing the Gwen Stacy death for Mary Jane. I think okay. he wanted people to think, oh, this is the ultimate version of that scene. Gotcha. Boom. Because he, the way it, it happens with her falling off the bridge and Spider-Man diving after her, in the Gwen Stacy original scene, he webs her and catches her, but it breaks her neck. Oh, right. Um, and, he, and, and she dies. So it's pretty much that exact scene happening again, but he grabs her foot and pulls her up. Um, but then when she's on the ground, she's lifeless, and the issue ends right there. Yep. So you had to wait a full, like, I don't know if this came out monthly or bi-weekly, but you had yeah, to wait, that's... like, several weeks thinking, <laughs> holy shit, Bendis just did that. <laughs> um, but then when you get back, uh, she's alive, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, how far did you... I don't want to spoil anything, but how far did you get in... Did you finish the, the Venom and Carnage stuff yet? Um, I finished the Venom stuff. Okay, then I won't spoil it for okay. you. Okay. Something really big happens when the Carnage stuff starts. Yeah, I haven't gotten a Carnage yet. Okay, okay, okay. Then I won't spoil it. Okay. Uh, but that's where we end the uh, the Green Goblin story, pretty much. Um, He just starts, like, injecting more and more serum into himself. And then... Oh, right, and then he goes back to the, the tower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he basically, uh, Green Goblin gets chased back to the tower where uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. follows him as well, and he keeps injecting him with that stuff until eventually he, uh, they're able to bring him down. Yeah. Well, Harry actually gets the final blow. He comes in with like a fucking like uh uh what's it called like a rebar. Yeah, like that's really cool because like he's been brainwashed this whole time. Yeah. It's like not this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll kill you this time, Dad. Yes, yeah, stabs him in the spine, and then uh, he turns back into Norman, and that's where we get like one of my favorite scenes as well, where uh it's, it's supposed to be this big triumphant moment. We're like, we did it. We stopped Green Goblin. Harry, yeah. you're okay. Like we can finally begin your healing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, here comes Shield, and Nick Fury's like. Well done, kid. I guess we'll take him away. Who knows if he'll see justice or not? We'll find out. Um, <laughs> by the way, when you turn 18, you're going to be my soldier. Yep. Wait, what was that last part? <laughs> oh, nothing. Uh, you, you can worry about it later. Yeah, I, I Enjoy think, your youth. Yeah, I think the exact line is, because uh, uh, Peter Parker's like, uh, no offense, Nick, but uh, it, it's hardly like I want any part of this boy's world of yours. And uh, Nick Fury's like, well, you hardly have any choice, kid. You're an illegal, unnatural genetic mutation. You turn 18. You belong to me. That's the way it is. Unless you turn yourself into a menace of society, there's nothing we can do uh, about you now. Uh, You're a minor, but when you turn 18, just enjoy your youth. (laughs) It's like, holy shit. Right. Like, you're pretty much, like, drafted the second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll talk again if you become a supervillain, then we'll kill you. (laughs) What the fuck? Well, Well, we'll always have eyes on you. Yeah, it's really, uh, really messed up. Uh, there's an issue after that, which I, I can talk about briefly, because it's one of those just like fun little side issues where it's like a whole issue. And this is where uh, Bendis does a really good job of showing the the 
daily life of Peter Parker and oh, how yeah. he struggles to balance that. Definitely. Because there's a really funny issue where uh, Rhino's not a big character in this run, but he, you know, he, this is the same thing that Bendis did with. This is almost like what Bendis should have done with Craven, having it be like a one issue, kind yeah. of almost like a joke. Exactly. Because um, it's this whole issue of Rhino on TV, like causing a rampage throughout New York, and Parker's in school, and he's trying to get all this school shit done. Yeah. Because Rhino's on TV, and every even Mary Jane's uh, talking to him on the phone, like, are you going to go stop him? Rhino's going nuts. I want to watch you on TV kick his butt. <laughs> and Peter's like, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get the hell out of here. And like, he spends the whole issue like trying to get out of school. And, like, he has to spend some time talking to like Gwen, and she's like, it's okay if you need to like hang out at my, our place more. Like, if yeah. your dad's being abusive, like, but we have oh, your back. Mom. Or was it, what is it her mom? I can't yeah, remember. her mom. Oh, I'm think, I might be thinking of... Uh, Wait, uh, I'm thinking of um, Mary Jane in the movie. That's what I'm mixing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Because then her mom ends up like leaving, and her after, and then the stuff happens with her dad. Right. Yeah. You're correct. Um, but so it's like a lot of high school drama kind of stuff going on while he's trying to escape school, and then the issue just ends with he finally gets the suit on and goes out to stop Rhino, and Iron Man shows up first. <laughs> he's already taken care of it. <laughs> Iron Man's just like, I got it, everyone, no worries. And Parker's just like, damn it all, ah shit, <laughs> I didn't have to worry about any of that. Right. So, and that's the kind of cameo I don't mind from like an Ultimate Universe character. Not at all. You yeah. don't have to like interact with them. You're just like, oh, it's Iron Man. That's yeah. all I need to know. Yep. Let's move on. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I think that those are. I think that's the. I think what we just talked about is the hottest sweet spot of Ultimate Spider-Man. I think that's where I think it's the like the hottest. Like that's where it's really hitting the hardest. Yeah, Not that the for rest sure. of it's bad by any no, means. No, no, no. Um, but I think this is really where I started thinking like, holy shit, this run is fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I, I have to keep reading this. Oh, yeah. Until I got to issue 50 and then I stopped. <laughs> um, but that'll be it for our uh, Spider-Man discussion for the book. Uh, now we can talk briefly about um, the movie we talked about or the movie we watched that we will talk about. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man 2, again, starring uh, Tobey Maguire, uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, James Franco, who is hilarious <laughs> in this Dude, movie. Dude, on the rewatch, he might be my favorite like weak villain ever. He's so fucking it funny. It is so funny. Every scene is just like lightning in the background, him sipping like a whiskey <laughs> and like and uh, like just sheets of Spider-Man scattered over the table, just yeah. like, ah, oh, fish slam. And I don't think James Franco was playing it for laughs. Sam no. Raimi might have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. James Franco is deadly serious, and that's why it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it just comes across as like the most comedic shit ever. Because uh. I think that's what really works in this is like you're either getting that, like, it's basically just like James Franco in a suit as Harry Osborne to be like, any money you need, uh, there, Otto, whatever you need, I'll yeah. kill Spider Man one day. <laughs> there's even a part where Spider Man saves his life from the explosion that causes Doc Ock. <laughs> like, immediately after saving his life, Harry's like, this doesn't change anything. <laughs> It's like, dude, can you just like stop for a second? And the, the, my favorite Harry moment is like when Doc Ock finally delivers Peter to Harry, and he, he literally has this like ceremonial knife, <laughs> pulls out the ceremonial dagger. I bought this at an auction just to kill you, Peter. <laughs> How cool does it look? I've been waiting for this moment. This is the stabbing knife. Oh God, it's so great. And yeah, literally any scene he's in has lightning. Oh yeah, it's always storming, and it's always like ominous music and him drinking whiskey. Oh, it's so good, man. Um, I still don't know if I enjoy the uh, the Peter Parker MJ dynamic. I thought it was going to be better in this movie, but it's really not better. It's not because it doesn't really get resolved again until the fucking end. It really feels like Peter putting his foot in and breaking apart a happy marriage. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he is trying so hard to like, well, a, a that and b to like self fulfill his own like miserable prophecy. <laughs> right. It's just like, dude, just get over it and let like her make her own decisions, and we can move on. Oh, I know. I'll just learn learn 
learn poetry and then she'll break off her engagement. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. And like the movie's constantly telling us like, oh, that's what she wants. She wants you to break up the marriage. But it feels very like, Peter, stop. Peter, stop. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like, dude, like this is just getting ridiculous. Because in the first movie... It, 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 it works a little bit better because Harry is clearly a piece of shit. Exactly. So, like, you you want Peter to, like, break them up. Like, yeah. You want, like, it's like Mary Jane. You're so much better than this. Stop. Yeah. But in this movie, they clearly pitch, like, J. Jonah Jameson's son as being a great dude. Yeah. They don't give you any reason to hate him. He's, He's just all, like. By all accounts, a fantastic dude. Yeah. Like, the only thing that you might hold against him is that J. Jonah Jameson's his dad. Which, and he acts nothing like J. Jonah Jameson, so you can't even do that. Like, everyone's got asshole dads. Exactly. And like, so, like, that's he's nothing. Like, he's been to the moon. He's like a fucking bunch of medals and he's shit. He's like a successful, nice, hot astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Peter's just like, nah, I'm going to find a way to fuck this up. <laughs> it's a li- and yeah, like, because the, the whole messaging of the movie, or like, the theme that comes up a lot is like, sometimes, like, you have to give up your dreams to, like, do the right thing or whatever. And, like, he's constantly trying to do that. And then at the end, he's just like, well, I guess we're just going to compromise. Yeah. And it's like, all right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I understand that theme and how that I didn't fit that either. movie that well, this well. Because it almost seemed like it was, the movie was trying to show us the opposite of that theme. Exactly, Because, yeah. like, the whole thing is he gives up being Spider-Man. Oh, I guess it depends on what you call his dream. Is his dream to not be Spider-Man? And his dream is his dream to be a normal kid? That's the thing, because they kind of get it mixed. Because, like, a, one of the main, like, arcs of it is, like, always having performance issues. He can't, like, shoot the webs that, like, yeah. well or whatever. And then he goes to, like, this whole dream sequence with Uncle Ben about, like doing about like having great responsibility and shit he's just like well that wasn't my dream like you you put that on me and then like he's trying to move past that but it's just like it doesn't track with anything else that's happening i think what the i mean i'm just going what i have to assume the point was supposed to be is his dream is to be with mj and be like a popular successful kid i guess yeah but um and like go to school and make Aunt May happy all this stuff yeah but then I guess the message is you have to be Spider Man and give that stuff up yeah which also doesn't seem like the message and then at the and end by it's the like, end he gets it anyway well then at the end it's like okay well you can be Spider Man and like still I guess be with MJ but like the, obviously you're gonna have to both accept the risks yeah that which makes sense which that feels sep- that feels like beside the point exactly like that <laughs> yeah. feels like something that should have just happened yeah <laughs> that should, yeah that should have happened last movie yeah it's like like that should have been like oh. Oh, it's fine like i i'm true because she brings up a great point she's like why are you deciding this for me it's exactly. my choice exactly like, that's, want- that's almost the whole like message of that that's end the, of the first movie yeah. and the whole second movie <laughs> the message should have been like why are you leaving mary jane out of this decision yeah exactly like she's in love with you let her decide yep. yeah no let's wait all up all the way up until it's her wedding day and she has to run out <laughs> in her wedding dress to for him to finally be like okay let's just do it like yeah, that, and I'm, the let's second stop. she knows you're spider-man she's like that's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> like instantly and she's like i guess i always kind of do it's really like, sucks. Yeah. it really sucks that i had to drag this poor boy along and leave him at the altar but yeah, yeah let's do it now i guess <laughs> and no, although it does lead to one of the best j jonah jameson scenes oh my at God. the wedding that is fucking gold <laughs> that will hold up as my favorite j jonah jameson line of all time there's some bangers oh Listen, yeah it's a stiff competition totally but the movie ends with uh, a big wedding scene it's the classic like you know here comes the bride and, and they're the, not coming the bride maid comes up and she goes to the the groom's like it's not coming yeah it and gives it, him a letter yeah and yeah. j jonah jameson looks to his wife and like looks around realizing the wedding's not happening and she's like tell him not to open the caviar <laughs> <laughs> she's like call the caterers call the caterers <laughs> tell him not to open the caviar <laughs> we're not paying for that <laughs> oh god it's so fucking classic it's because you 
it it catches you so off guard. Oh yeah. You think the you think the punchline is gonna be Spider Man or something. <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. But yeah. like it's gonna be something like that. Yeah. But that's so much funnier. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Tell him not to open the caviar. <laughs> My son's being left at the altar. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're going to s- try to save some of that money. Oh, my God. J. Jonah Jameson is such a fucking delight. It's insane. Thank God they brought him back. Oh, yeah. I, I really hope, though, I'm really, really worried that they're going to play up the the whole Alex Jones thing too much. Oh, yeah. Because there's something about J. Jonah Jameson that it's fun to have that soft side to him that just barely gets touched on. For sure. That's. I think that's because he's a ruthless asshole but that's what makes him funny is you know that there's something under there exactly i don't think alex jones kind of character can be funny yeah because like because then the scene too real and too upsetting yeah because like you get the scene where like spider-man throws his suit out and then it ends up getting turned into jay jonah and he's like got on the wall and then the scene where like spider-man takes it back he's (laughs) he's like uh, it's like maybe it's like maybe i was wrong about him like maybe he was like the the thing that this city needed and then he gets told he's like he's a thief he's a menace and like that that wouldn't be that funny without like knowing that other side of it like so yeah, if you're just going to turn him into an absolutely evil piece of shit, like, it's not going to have any comedic value to right. it. Right, like, if you want him to be, like, a bad guy, sure, that's a really easy way to make him yeah. unlikable. Here here he is, he's Alex Jones. You yeah. hate Alex Jones, right? Here you go. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do, And now, but now I'm disgusted by him. Now I just want him to fall off a cliff and <laughs> you go away. Yeah, now I don't even want to see him, like, in the movie at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't like, want this character. So I really hope they don't lean into that too much, but yeah. we'll see. That might be us assuming too much just based off the haircut they gave him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Um... How that goes. But regardless, I, I, I hope that at least J.K. Simmons is like, I'm not doing that. I'm playing my character. Oh, definitely. Because, <laughs> my God, he's fucking great. Yep. Um, but then, uh, last but certainly not least, we should talk about how fucking great Alfred Molina oh, is absolutely. in this movie. Because... <laughs> Con- consistently good and in every kind of way. Oh, yeah. Like, even when he's Otto Octavius, Molina is fucking slaying in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he gets introduced, like, as this person Peter Parker's just going to write a paper about. Because, yep. like, um, he knows one of the professors at the school and he got him this hookup. Yeah, who's actually, uh, I forgot. I mean, he, oh, it's, it's Kirk Connors. Yeah, it's Kirk. It's not a huge character, but it's a name well, it's drop. A huge, it's the lizard. Yeah. It's so, a name uh, drop. It's not a, a character they made a huge character. That's the thing. But. Yeah, in the movie, he's not. He's just, like, a professor in right. a few scenes. But I, it's, Raimi was clearly leaving that in his back pocket. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> um, everyone Peter knows has to be a supervillain. You're not allowed to have a father figure. <laughs> exactly. That should be a big red flag in the second Peter thinks he has a father figure. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Prepare what for What supervillain are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really cool scene because um, he starts out just as the scientist guy. And he's like, oh, I heard your grades aren't that good. You know, you're smart you're lazy. but lazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you, you, intelligence is a gift. You need to use it for the betterment of mankind, which is going to be like the big thing that he comes he comes back to. Yeah. It's like, don't use science for evil. Yeah. Um, and so, and there's a really good scene too. Like they do a really good job humanizing him first. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's him showing him the technology being like, go on, finish it. You're really smart. You almost get how it works better than I do. Yeah. Like taking him back, having dinner with his wife, you know, being like, oh, is there someone special at school? Read her poetry. That's how I won my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it does. Although good- he probably got have withheld that, that piece of advice. <laughs> you're, giving, you're putting uh, that tool in the wrong hand. Yeah. Maybe you can pull that off. Yeah. Doc exactly. not pulling it off. <laughs> no, not at all. That works without for Melina, not with Toby McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but it also does a really good job of setting up uh, very quickly his relationship with his wife too it's a very yeah. loving mutual respect kind of relationship yeah um where it's like they're both scientists she believes in his work too mm-hmm. it's not just like that like it's she's with him all the way yeah um so it, it tells you everything you need to know about that because she's going to die very quickly oh yeah so like it it, <laughs> it, it could have come off feeling like nothing like could have oh his wife's dead of course he's mad but yeah because we get that scene it works very well yeah um because they humanized him <clears throat> we're able to get the 
extreme, you know, I'm willing to just rob banks and kill people and, <laughs> yeah. you know, smoke cigars. It makes that feel really fun because you're like, oh, he used to be this really sweet, warm, you know, scientist man. Yeah. But now he's really gone off the deep end. Got it. Like every scene, he's just the smoothest fucking dude in the room. He's I just know. like lighting cigars with a match with the tentacles and shit. Or just, just like, like robbing a bank in like the flyest hat. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, like man. in this big trench coat. Just like, and that's a great scene too because Peter Parker's just at the bank with, yeah, his, right. with his aunt just getting alone. <laughs> and like all of a sudden, the camera just cuts like right over their shoulder. And there and, he is. And Doc Ock's just standing there in front of the vault, just pulling the vault down out yeah. of it's nothing. Like you like it's such a the smoothest transition into an action scene. Oh yeah. Because like you're not expecting it, you're expecting at least like a hard cut to a new scene before you get something like that. Yeah, because you're you're thinking it's just a sympathetic Aunt Macy, and it's like, oh, she's trying to get a loan and a free toaster, but they deny her, and then it's like, nope, bitch, it's about to go off. It's about to be a long <laughs> extended Doc Ock fight scene. Yep. That, there's something about that that's really good directing. It's satisfying as hell. It, it makes it feel very smooth and very like organically paced. Yeah. Because like you're it's one scene just happening and all of a sudden Boom, 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 pulling yeah. the vault right off the door like we're in it immediately. Yeah, you're not just getting jarring cuts and like time skips or yeah. like uh, setting skips. There's something to break down there about how that became exciting. I, I really enjoyed that. Definitely. Um, and they, it goes into this long like Peter Parker spider and chasing him through like it, it, all of the action sequences. Yeah, tossing Aunt May off skyscrapers. <laughs> all, of, all of the Doc Ock action sequences are fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, they're phenomenal. And, and the fact that they use practical effects for the arms pays off so well. Oh, yeah. It holds up even today because yep, of that. Definitely. Yeah, props to like the, the puppet like uh, people who did it's that. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good looking. I wonder if they're going to even do that for the new... No, absolutely not. I doubt it. That'd yeah. be like 10 more people you'd have to pay. That's what's going to be interesting <laughs> is the Doc Ock arms might actually end up looking worse than this they, one. They, I would bet a good amount of money That's going to that. be weird, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so and, and there's some, just some really good just like... Without even lines, he characterizes the character so well. Like they'll just be like at the base building his machine and just like using one of the Doc Ock arms to light a cigar. <clears throat> oh like, yeah! One of the best examples is when he climbs up the building to threaten Harry. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he like uses one of the arms to knock Harry onto his ass, and he Harry drops the drink he was dramatically drinking. Yep. And then Doc Ock <laughs> just catches it with the other arm and like sips it. He's like, "We need to talk." <laughs> oh, it's so good. Just the smoothest. Yep. He's like always. Doc Ock is just dressed to the T. Yeah. Fucking this with the best attitude. He's so good. I just fucking got love him in this fucking movie. style like, out the years. They really knew what characters to bring back from uh, around the home. Oh, definitely. So, uh, I really hope they don't fuck it up and ruin my... I'm Right now, I have a fantastic memory of these characters. Oh, yeah. So I really <laughs> hope they don't turn it, turn it ugly. It definitely. Because one thing that got me, too, a good way to close out this Doc Ock discussion is uh, and, and his transition to what they're going to do with him in the next movie. Yeah. Is his final line is really hard-hitting. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> his final line is he's tearing down the machine himself. He's gotten back, you know... Peter's given him his uh, autonomy back, his lucidity. Yeah. And he's pulling down the machine. And the last thing he says before pulling it into the river is, I will not die a monster. Yep. And so that's a really good final line. And the last shot we see is him just like going into the depths with this like floating like sun orb. Yeah, I really like that scene because I like. Because early on, they make it clear that, like, the arms have, like, a control over him, and they have, like, a mind of their own, and in that scene, he's, like, laying, like, in, in the riverbank, he's just, like, you listen to me now, and, like, the arms are kind of, like, hesitant, but then they end up just, he ends up, like, taming yep. him, and, like, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool dynamic. He finally gets control over it. Yeah. Oh, it's a really good scene. Yep, so let's hope uh, he doesn't become a monster in the new one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, from or, the trailer, it seems it, like, yeah. Or if he does, play on that tragedy. Yeah. No matter what you do with it, that has to mean something. 
like definitely for, for yeah. better or worse. Yeah, I mean, not that they're gonna have any integrity about it, but and, and, and the movie's <laughs> gonna have sacred. so many characters. How could you possibly have an arc for any one of them? I, that's it's gonna be so clustered. Who I I'm I'm excited for it, but I'll be interested to see I'm, how they I'm super pull concerned. They're all just gonna be caricatures yeah. of, of what we got already. Yeah. You know, it's it, just going to be a bunch of fight scenes and CGI they're going to turn nightmares. Green Goblin into a big meme. And they're going to Doc yeah, Ock's just yeah. going to be wavy arms, cool guy. Um, <laughs> God knows what they'll do. I mean, maybe Electro and Sandman will be better because they didn't have anything in the other movies. Yeah, um, they better give Electro a new song to sing. <laughs> Spider Man <laughs> lied, lied to, to me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he at least looks better. Yes, I mean, he it does. still looks bad, but it's better. But they let him actually like be Jamie Fox, but also have the classic costume. Yeah. So like, <laughs> instead of just being a weird blue man, yeah, just the blue man. The blue man is terrible. <laughs> it looks God, that is <laughs> it's the really bad. Most cursed shit ever. Uh, but that'll be something we discuss uh, in uh, about a month here when we when we do get to talk about that movie. Yeah. Um, our next episode is going to be all about unfortunately um spider-man 3 yeah which we have to talk about yet because that's also going to be relevant from uh for spider-man uh, cleaning up around the home oh yeah um and because sam man's going to be in that movie too mm-hmm. and i doubt that version of venom will be because if they use venom it's probably going to be the tom hardy one i i think that was like confirmed even or, or like, like that was the end credit scene of the of venom, venom movie yeah. so unless that was a huge red herring unless sony was just wishful thinking. yeah that's, that's the biggest red herring of all time <laughs> sony we'll probably... was like i'll bet you he'll be in this movie and he <laughs> was like no nah. <laughs> we don't need him <laughs> um and so and i can't imagine i sincerely sincerely doubt james franco is in this movie no because if they have uh, if they have green goblin willem dafoe and the actor has had a lot of exactly james frank ex- nah, yeah, he's that actor, not there's no way <laughs> yeah he's he's not getting any major work for a while i don't think so so i and thankfully i don't think anyone wants that character back anyway yeah so. no one's missing him no one's <laughs> clamoring for hobgoblin to come no back. <laughs> not in any fashion same man i'll take i think uh, uh what's it with that actor's name uh thomas hayden church yeah uh, he's actually decent he's the one who played lobster johnson in yep. uh, that new hellboy hell yeah <laughs> come here nazis <laughs> like he's a decent actor so if you give him a better script maybe definitely we'll yeah. see and sam man i like as a character he's, he's very simple he's basically just like i'm in it for the money kind of yeah. like they did with vulture in uh no way home. I'll never get those titles right. Maybe that's what it's called. No, that's the second. That's one. that's homecoming. Homecoming. God, yeah. <laughs> name your movies better. Something with what besides home. Spider Man One, Spider Man Two. Well, that's the thing. Even with uh, Spider Verse, because it's like into the Spider Verse, and now it's across the Spider Verse, and then it's get part one, and now it's across the Spider. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you do it a different uh, Spider Verse thing for the uh, third one? Oh my God, why? Uh, well, and what are they gonna do for the fourth Spider Man movie? Uh, Spider Man uh, Home is where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> part. Two and a half. Do your homework. Oh, God. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Anyway, but uh, we're also going to be talking about um, the, uh, as far as the we want to get, basically, probably. an Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Oh, the no, en- there's a there's a couple or two or three issue arc with like the the fake Spider-Man who's robbing banks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- 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 well, I mean, we can That's more that. of a Mary Jane kind of deal. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I do kind of want to, at least if, if we get this far, we don't have to, but I kind of want you to get to the really shocking issue of, of the Carnage arc. Oh, right, right. there's one issue we're gonna be like they fucking did what yeah because if we skip those like few filler ones just go straight to venom then yeah we'll we can just talk about carnage. the venom and carnage arcs. Yeah, yeah we can do that that'll work um that'll give us time because we, we uh went a little uh, over our usual allotment today but that's because this book is fucking awesome so oh yeah it gets what it gets yep um but that'll be it for today's episode again uh, join us in a couple weeks for more spider-man business and then a couple weeks after that uh that's when uh, dan will be joining us to talk about uh spider-man around the home hell yeah so that's when we'll get to that and talk about some multiverse nonsense so oh, until yes. then goodbye see you later